0: Hey everyone, Tony and John from Cap City Crown bringing you Kings Talk. John, how's it going? What's uh, what's new in the, the world of the Sacramento Kings? What do you got for us?
1: Oh, well, um, you know, it's still clearly a situation where they're not. I mean, obviously, we've we've laid this out. They're not a playoff team this year. They're last game is going to be against Phoenix on like April 11th or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if and we touched upon this with uh, in last week because of the last game that they'd played prior to the recording of that episode was against Denver and I think I said um, that that game it may be in competition with the Spurs game like a week before it. Um, was probably the biggest source of optimism that this team has had. Just because they were like, like they they held the Nuggets to like 106 points. They lost by six points. And they mm-hmm. played a pretty good game. And there was a lot of good things. I don't think Sabonis played. Um, and just the fact that you could see like elements of the team. Of course, you want Sabonis to play. You always want Sabonis to be out there. You're better when he's out there. But just to see them be able to come together and really show the connections, it's just like, kind of with guys half the team being new here and having only been here for about a month. Um I think that was awesome, but these last three games, they've played three tough games. They played Utah on the road, they hosted Chicago, and then they hosted um the Bucks on Wednesday night. Yeah.
0: Three and then, tough, they, three and
1: times. then and then they got and then they got Boston and who's was playing really well. Yes. Um and so this is an opportunity for them to show what they got. And, you know, despite the fact that they've lost two out of these three, you know, to Utah and then to Milwaukee, there is still so much to be happy about. And, um, and the, the particularly on the defensive end, I think the defense of this past week, as opposed to like not even before, you don't even have to say before the trade, but like, because they were immediately better when Sabonis got here. They were better at protecting the paint. They were better at securing possessions He's because of his ability to get defensive rebounds. Um, they were just immediately better on defense. But the cohesion, the playing on a string together, the trust, it's all really building, and it's really starting to yield good results in terms of what they're doing out there. Now, they got into some shootouts. Of course, Milwaukee um, scored, I think, 136, 135 points the jazz scored 134. Like you can make the argument. Those aren't good defensive games, but the Kings have said, you know, Monty McNair coaches have said this. They want to be the fastest team in the league. You know, you're going to have high scoring games. And it really comes down to, um, as you saw the way the bucks won on Wednesday night, it comes down to, can you get those stops? And the Kings had what, four turnovers in the last uh, three minutes uh, against the bucks. And they just, they got those stops. You know, Mitchell tried to answer, not bashing on Mitchell. He's been playing extremely well. We'll be getting into that. But he tried to answer back with a three. And then I don't think the, I think the Kings scored another bucket for the rest of the game. Um, maybe I'm getting that wrong. But they, they kind of just, uh, they fell behind for it by a few possessions. And the Kings are really showing that they could be that team in the near future. Maybe even show signs of it in these last 11 games coming up to be that team that gets big stops to be you know the the team that is the just comes in especially on the home floor uh to, to just show people who's boss you know and uh they're obviously not quite there yet but the steps that they've taken huge and that defense like i said now compared to just a week or two ago it's 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 miles difference
0: mhm yeah it is that that bucks game kind of going back to that that was a very encouraging game um, and extremely fun to watch. It was nice to see Davion. You've mentioned him a couple times already. He looked fantastic. And alongside his uh, bench counterpart in DiVincenzo, he was great, too. I think they both dropped 19. Um, yeah, and they, they were in it to the very end, they, you know, against the reigning champs, a two-time MVP in Giannis they did they did have a couple turnovers but you know fox was hurt he hurt he hurt that right hand and it was obviously bothering him throughout the game he didn't shoot very well because of it he still scored 21 but he did have a couple late game turnovers not sure if it was his hand or not but it was a very encouraging game because of those reasons yeah I, it was a good week um, since we last talked that chicago game You know, we saw, we started watching a third quarter collapse. And as usual, and the Bulls kind of got back in it after the Kings were just destroying them in that first half of, you know, very, very typical Kings fashion. But kind of like that Spurs game a couple weeks ago, they held on um, and they, you know, they secured the W. You know, then you got that Jazz game, high scoring game. Yeah. The bonus for the second straight game. Fox was still on his tear. He scored 34. And he's doing really well. You know, Fox is one game away from tying Chris Weber for the Sacramento Kings-era record or the Sacramento-era record for the Kings for most uh, consecutive games, scoring 20 or more points. So that's kind of cool.
1: That's really cool. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll actually be at the game tonight against the Celtics. And so I have a chance to watch... Uh, Fox, you know, tie Weber's record. And if you want to tie anyone's record in Sacramento, it's definitely that guy right there.
1: Absolutely. No no doubt about that. Uh, Fox has been playing awesome. I don't know how much the hand did have to do with the turnovers. Uh, I think it was the four in the last three. I know that first one, he got caught under the basket. He didn't really have anywhere to go with the ball. I wouldn't give him too much fault for that. Um, But there were a few of those. I would say at least two of those. It was like, come on. But I think that one of the things that you're going to see with him is, um, especially against a team like the Bucks, a long team, um, they're gonna they're gonna go ahead and they 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 came up with their stops. I don't know that they that they were necessarily like the most boneheaded turnovers. Like I'm not sitting here going like, oh man, Fox just can't play in the last two minutes of the game. I don't mm-hmm. think that at all. But um, I think that was a real compliment to the Bucks. You could probably say that you'd you don't want that to happen, but, you know, he's trying to make a play and it'd been working all night. So, you know, it just didn't come up in the end. So you gotta just make sure you work on that in the future. But also I'm glad that you mentioned that bulls game. Cause I didn't even mention it T- in terms of positivity. <laughs> like the fact that you had your biggest fear lurking <laughs> third quarter, you know, comeback from the other team, uh, losing the lead and falling out of the game late. Um, they, they, They held on. They did not give up the lead. And that was crazy. And DiVincenzo, um, you mentioned the Spurs game, because that that needed a lot of uplifting as well, has just been, uh, Dante DiVincenzo has been a, a source of just positivity and encouragement. And he's focusing on building good habits for himself and making sure that this team does that. And he's already doing that in terms of making sure that when this team talks to each other, they're they're encouraging each other and making sure that they know that they trust each other. And that sounds so sappy, and maybe it is, but in a team sport kind of thing, like that's absolutely necessary. Like you pay guys for things like that, and mm-hmm. he's he's really showing to be a certain kind of a, a glue um, to the team. I don't know how vocal he is, but um, I know that with like Mitchell. He seems to be talking to them a lot. They seem really coordinated on the defensive end in terms of what they're doing and also in the intensity and um, absolute focus they bring to it. Like, they really take it seriously. And so I think that Bulls game, in addition to the fact that the Kings held on to, in a situation that they very easily could have, you know, slipped up on as they've had you know, as they have in the, in the past many times, um, they showed that they, they can, they can support one another, <laughs> you know, that they're, they're acting like a real team. And I don't think that they were ever in danger of not being, you know, uh, a good team. Um, the coaches have said many times how good of a group this is. All the players know how good of a group this is. You know, some of these guys like holiday and Sabonis and lamb, they were playing together in Indiana. There are like, the Other connections. It was just kind of like tying a couple of pieces together for like a bigger quilt. I don't know. Uh, pick your metaphor there. Um, and it's starting to show right now, and it's really nice. And I do think DiVincenzo is showing a huge kind of a kind of a role in that heart and spirit of a team kind of thing. It's kind of a yeah. kind of that by committee right now at this team.
0: Yeah, you're. I think DiVincenzo is definitely. You know, he's already stepped in as the heart and soul. It was, it was Holmes for the last couple seasons, but unfortunately, his role has been reduced with Sabonis. But yeah, DiVincenzo, he's not. He's not a bad candidate to have as the heart and soul. He, you know, he's very. He's very positive, and you know, you just love his hustle. It's just infectious, and that's who you want leading that team. Is someone you know who's optimistic and. Leads by example, and he's the definition of that. And kind of getting back on like vocal leaders, um, Fox is saying that since Halliburton left, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, they lost that visceral leader in Halliburton. He said he he realized, and he had to step up, and he's saying he's actually enjoying being more of a vocal guy. And you can kind of see it. You can kind of see it with his intensity, um, definitely the way he's been playing lately. So that's also a good thing for the Kings. As well at the moment, Uh, you definitely want, I think, your best player being that leader of the team. And Fox is finally realizing that and he's trying to step into that role. And I think he's been doing, you know, not too bad at it at the moment.
1: He's doing great. He realized he he was it was confirmed to him that this is his team. Yeah, Um, true. And the biggest sign they always, you know, Katie Christensen always says you know the biggest sign of him committing to leadership is his leadership on the defensive end. And I think the biggest indicator of that, and maybe other people have said this as well, but is the fact that he is, you know, he's not the best defender, but he gets his body out in front of people. He's quick, you know, he's committed to defense, but most of all, he's so into dictating how, you know, if a guy's going off or whatnot, he's so on top of, you know, using his uh, experience in the league so far. He's still a young guy, but he's got experience at this point um, to suggest offering offensive players different looks defensively to throw off what they're seeing on uh, their offensive side. And I think when you get that kind of stuff, just that like, just the, the constantly suggesting, constantly trying to make himself and make the team better, um on the defensive end the thing that he didn't get paid for um that's that's that that says a lot you know and um yeah i don't think that there's any doubt i know that um i wrote an article like three or four weeks ago saying that like because we were talking about on the podcast too like they just seem like early on in those first like week or two maybe after the trade deadline um that there was like no killer instinct and I thought it was really ironic because like a couple days after that, I was like, Oh man, I feel stupid. Look at Fox hey, Go. Maybe and he read
0: it. Maybe he, re- maybe he <laughs> saw something. That, you know, I, I heard
1: just a shout out to De'Aaron Fox right now. You're listening right now. I know. You're probably I... just, you know, getting up in the morning, you know. I think you I was
0: going? listening to Carmichael Dave or someone, some media guy. I don't even know if it had to do I don't know if, I don't know if it was a Kings guy, but they're saying, you know people read those articles more than you think i know we're not the biggest name brand uh king's outlet but who knows i mean he could have seen it and he saw it i mean we probably weren't the only ones writing about it there's possibly be other things out there but yeah he, he's he stepped up and don't feel dumb about it but
1: right no no no. i know <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had i had my yeah we there were good points in that i think you know it just didn't age well Um, But I think it goes back to, of course, him figuring out – didn't mean to interrupt you, but just quickly, it kind of goes back to, like, he really realized that this was his team. And from there, he just knew what he had to do, and that was just part of it. But, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah. um, And staying on Fox is if you went to me, like, two, three months ago, even going into this year, and you say, Tony, what are – Garen Fox's three weakest points. You go to defense, you go to leadership, and you go to three-point shooting. And Mm -hmm. he has been looking – I mean, his defense has definitely improved. His leadership has improved. But his three-point shooting, man, it has looked extraordinary since the Halliburton trade. He's shooting like 36% uh, and jacking up a lot of threes a game. He had a big one yesterday. Match, I think, Chris Middleton's three late in the game to tie it up. Mm-hmm. I, it, there were points. Well, his whole career, it's like a three-point shot by De'Aaron Fox was a bad shot attempt. And I, I stood by that forever. I'm like, that's not the guy you want shooting at three. And he was terrible to start this year. Shooting like 25%. He's yeah. probably still not even at 30% even after these last 16 games. But, no, nah, he's, he's, he's really stepped that up. I hope it's not like a hot streak. I hope this is consistency. Because he has shown it in the past. His sophomore year, I think he shot like 37% from three. He was maybe not that high, but he was definitely in the mid-30s. And then he kind of just, the next year he took a dip, and then the next year he took a dip, and then the start this year, he took a even bigger dip. So, it's definitely in him. He has that nice mid-range game. Obviously, his free throws aren't that great either, but it's, uh, it's a trend we hope to see continue if Fox really wants to take that next step to an all-star because you kind of need a three-point shot in this league and you know, today's age.
1: Definitely. And he's shooting it with confidence. Yeah. I just – I honestly think it all goes back to just – he was just instilled with just, like, the reminder that, like, I'm the guy. And I don't think it was ever, like, a – like, he, he, he never had, like, animosity for – the fact that there were other guards that had promise in the eyes of the front office on the roster, but I think things were kind of convoluted. Like we talk about a lot. The direction of the team was just like, Man, I not know what you're doing, you know? Like, like what were the additions they made going into the season? Like you almost they made they got like Tristan Thompson.
0: <laughs> yeah, they got Tristan Thompson and they got Alex Lynn. Yeah. I like, you know, and Davion Mitchell.
1: And David, I mean, yeah, they, they draft well the, the the with McNair so far, you know, in the short time, mm-hmm. that's all <laughs> they know how to draft their guards. They, it, it's like, I think they said it on the broadcast and I just thought it was the truest thing of McNair. It's just like, um, when it comes to the draft, especially if you're like in the mid first round, mid earlier first round, don't think about it too much. Just take the best guy. And they did that both times and that yeah. really paid off. Paying off, but, um, you know, uh, the team just there wasn't a lot for fox to be like believing in didn't mean he didn't want to try to win here he always always maintained that but you know like it, it, all of a sudden he gets off to this bad start before he was not he was off limits in trade discussions now all of a sudden he's uh in these trade discussions you know all sorts of things like that and just the fact that they were losing and it just, you can kind of lose sight of what's important there. And I kind of gave him a uh, flack for it, not like tough flack. I was just kind of like kidding, but it's like, I feel like he's uh, always just saying that he's just trying to play basketball, you know, but it's like, that's, that's it for him. When it that's all he has to do. He's really good. And yeah. I feel like that's, what's going on right now is he's just playing basketball. And I used to, like I said, I kind of <laughs> chuckled at that. I was like, Yeah, okay, man. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're like a superhuman right now, but maybe you know, you think about anything in life, don't want to get deep, but it's like you simplify things and everything works out. And it seems to be paying off for him, simplified where he's at, where his standing's at with this team. Um, and it allowed everything else to just kind of become clear in the process. And I think that's just really awesome. Yeah.
0: I mean, here's a guy. Get drafted by Sacramento, signed a max extension in Sacramento. It's his first year of his max extension. Um, you know, the Kings are thinking playoffs every year. I'm not sure how much he's thinking about it. Um, I mean, he's probably thinking about it, but I feel like fans are always a lot more optimistic when players probably have a more realistic uh, sense when it comes to team construction. But anyways, you know, you're coming in first season on your max. You're, you're the franchise cornerstone, right? And then, mm-hmm. like you said, you get to a slow start and then like, okay, like Fox's name comes up in uh train trade discussions and Halliburton's like, okay, maybe not the front office, but like fans, like they started, they started rallying around Halliburton over Fox and he, you know, it was definitely noticeable on social media and I don't know, it's probably not a tough place or it's probably a tough place to be in, you know, you're losing your standing and then, you know, you're thinking about being traded possibly and, and then, like you said last week, you had that NFT project, and it didn't mm. go well, and, and he posted about it when he finally pulled the project, and people mm-hmm. are calling him a scammer for it, but uh, he was saying, like, uh, yeah, it's like, it was a lot of work, and they probably put pressure on him, and, you know, just something that you don't really want a player dealing with in the middle of the season, so I'm glad that he pulled it, and I wish he didn't really ever do it during the season to begin with, but... That's the NFT hype, I guess, right now. But yeah, but once they created Halliburton, and they really showed that this is Fox's team. Yeah, he he's been great, and it's probably added a lot to his confidence and what he's been doing on all sides of the ball. So it's been awesome. He's yeah. been playing out of his mind, and probably the greatest stretch he's ever played in his career.
1: Oh yeah, I don't, I I don't know if there's any doubt about that. Um, I, just the three point shooting is just. It really has been insane. It's it's crazy. I mean, what is it since Sabonis has been here? What's he shooting from three? Um,
0: I think he is shooting like thirty six percent. I can double check it. I would. It's fine. Like, who is
1: this guy? guy.
0: Yeah, Yeah. he was shooting twenty like four percent all year, and then I was actually at the first game after the Halliburton trade. Um which is kind of upsetting because we didn't have some bonus that game. It was like the game was only Fox. Yeah, I think he, he shot like pretty well from three. I'm like, Oh, where's this guy been? But he's definitely kept it up over this stretch. So I'm trying to find uh, his three point percentage over the last, I think it's 15 games. Yeah. We so got some bonus. If you're not counting that one game, I was just mentioning, mm-hmm. um, he is shooting, yeah, 36% on the money. 36.0%. Trust your gut. You got it. There you go. Huh. Yeah,
1: nah, he, he's been That's awesome. Like,
0: yeah, very confident. Like, going back to that three against Milwaukee, Chris Middleton hit a three to take the lead, and Fox answered right back in a, in a very crucial shot. He shot it with so much confidence, and I was he was the one I wanted taking that shot. And like mm. I said before, I did not want Fox taking that three. I remember a couple of years ago, the famous, um, you have the three point shooter, like Walton, like with the game where the Kings were down by three with one possession left and buddy wasn't on the, wasn't on the floor. And then they had uh Fox Jack up a three to try to tie it. And he missed. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's not the play. Like you never want Fox <laughs> taking a three, but now like in that situation, like that's the guy I want the ball with the ball in his hands. Taking that three point shot because he's been good on pull ups, catching shoots. He's been he seems like he's been great all over the arc, and it's very encouraging to see.
1: Yeah, it's 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 nuts. Um, I do feel like he's also getting to the line a little bit more. Yeah,
0: so Sabonis, I've noticed in the last yeah, couple, yeah, as well.
1: I, I think so. I think Sabonis, even the game before he got ejected, I think I noted it in the piece about the foul calls um is that he was getting calls i think in the game before that or the uh, a game or two before that one and he's like he's been getting it on and off and the thing is it's like the thing with the bucks it's like davion mitchell said it after the game he's like yeah i mean like the refs are just he obviously not trying to get fined or anything he's a rookie he just wants to say nice things so i wouldn't take these like it's him brushing it off he was just like saying like yeah the refs do that sometimes but um to be fair they kind of blew a lot of calls for the Bucks too. And the officiating that game was just terrible.
0: Honestly. Yeah. It was, it was
1: just terrible overall. Um, and uh, yeah. And whenever it's those like 50 50 calls, like sometimes they just kind of give it to the better player, the better team. Um, things will start going the other way eventually. Mm-hmm. The Kings are really starting to show. I mean, like, it sounds so it, It's almost weird because it's like, well, things didn't go as perfect as you want. But in terms of, like a plan B for like perfect. That's pretty close, you know, like in terms of the progress they make week by week, it's mm-hmm. like, dang, especially over the last week uh, in particular, it's just like, these guys are really killing it. And I think one of the things that's really fun is the fact that, and I mean, I think there'll be options for closing lineups focused, you know, kind of more on matchups and stuff and what's going on in that particular game. But, as we saw against the bucks, um, size matchups did not come into account when they played Fox DiVincenzo, Vincenzo and Mitchell together and that was really something to watch um especially the fact that Mitchell was kind of playing the small forward guarding chris Middleton and it, 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 it you wouldn't even have it's like you don't even like second guess it, you know mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, when Harrison Barnes was a young player with Golden State, um, I feel like I've said this a thousand times, probably just to you, but, um, he was, you know, he was, he's still not like a huge guy. Um, but he was like kind of a lankier player when he was young. Obviously most guys are, and, um, they had him kind of playing the four and guarding, you know, some big players in the playoffs, like against Denver and whatnot. Like Kenneth Freed and stuff like that, and um, he held his own. And there are just some guys that are just strong, you know. And I know at the beginning of the season, like Fox was saying, like Mitchell just like he's only six foot six one, but it's like that guy's an NBA player, like in terms of like that guy's strong, man. I mean, like you just look at him; he's he's built like a yeah, he's built for sure. He's really he's really built like a like a like a professional. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that really goes a long way. And I know that when they were coming into the year, we had talked about um, the fact that we could see maybe in a closing lineup sense, uh, a Fox Halliburton, uh, Fox Mitchell Halliburton uh, pairing out as a closing lineup. And I just think it's interesting that they just swapped number zeros. um, Yeah. It's kind of working out, you know?
0: No, and, it's, like fantastic.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you had like, last night was insane, or uh Wednesday night that is.
0: Yeah, you. Well, you, it's kind of before we jump into that. I would. I would like to say that. Yeah, I mean, because we saw Mitchell on Middleton, and I, there's it was reported after we drafted Mitchell was that a reason that they drafted Mitchell was because they believed that he could possibly guard the three. And, you know, they had him on Middleton the other mm. night, and it wasn't the worst move. Yeah, I mean, that closing lineup of Fox, Fox, DiVincenzo, and Mitchell, I, I'm liking it. They play with a lot of intensity. And DiVincenzo and Mitchell had great games themselves and shooting the ball and, you know, backing up on defense, giving their hustle. I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I mean, yeah, you're swapping zeros with DiVincenzo and Halliburton. And I think DiVincenzo's the better defender anyway. So,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's just what you want on that end of the floor. Yeah. Uh, it's it's almost too good to be true.
0: Well, it's nice when they're hitting their shots too. Like it was happening. On That's Wednesday.
1: huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Um, they're very, they're streaky. Then that's, yeah, I think especially when you're talking about Mitchell, the rookie, and DiVincenzo coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, It'd be interesting to see what they can do in the span of a full season next year, yeah. you know, how consistent they can be. I think you can, you, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, DiVincenzo comes in and like maybe has like, like I was looking at his stats when he played, you know, started the full season for Milwaukee. And I was looking at his three point percentages by month. And he like got off to a really hot start in October, had it down November, but he was pretty good the whole year. And it's just like, that's what you need. Pretty good consistency uh, throughout the whole season. So I think we'll see that from him. And I, I I don't know. Uh, It's tough to be optimistic about the Kings. Honestly, Um, (laughs) I don't think that that's a controversial statement. Um, But Similar to the fact that uh, I I have confidence that DiVincenzo could be a really good, consistent three-point shooter for this team going forward. I think the same thing about Mitchell. I think one of the things about being a rookie in this league is, you know, sometimes it's tough to kind of like just do that thing that we're talking about with with Fox. That is play basketball, you know. Mm -hmm. And up until like the trade, um, you know, like he. Like his, you know, he he was young, didn't have a lot of experience in the NBA. Like, what was his role? Like, was he, you know, I don't know. And then even like the first couple of games after the trade of um, Sabonis, like, you know, before the trade, he was playing well, and then all of a sudden after the trade, he wasn't really shooting very well. And so it's like, ah man, you know. But then all of a sudden, the game that Justin Holiday was out with illness. Mitchell's role was kind of more enhanced, at least Mm -hmm. minutes-wise. And same with DiVincenzo. They both just stepped up, and they've just flourished. Um, So I think it was just an opportunity kind of similar to Fox for him just to go out there and play, do his thing. And it's doing wonders for him. And to close off the season, if he can do this just with his last 11 games, maybe even shoot well, Uh, especially shoot well, if we're talking about shooting consistently next season, um, that's going to be huge. But you don't want to count on that. And, of course, Sabonis is out there in the closing lineup. Mm. And um, that's really good. And then, you, you know, they had Lyles last night. Um, you'll probably see Barnes, I would imagine, more. Yeah,
0: that was kind of um, fun. Time.
1: Gentry touched on it. He said that he just liked the energy and the juju that was kind of going on out there with Lyles uh, being in there. And he said it was nothing against Harrison. You'll probably see him out there. Closing yeah. lineups. Yeah. So. Um, I don't think anyone's got
0: anything against Harrison. No,
1: I mean, he's probably, he probably just demands the most respect out of anybody on that team. Easily. Um, and, yeah. So it's like you start thinking about that in, in terms of building chemistry, building connections, and comfort as a group. Is that a particular closing unit can do that? Like, lineup of death. That's what you want. You want to be able to close out those games. If it comes down to the last few possessions, it comes down to who has the better closing lineup. And if the Kings can have a better closing lineup than most teams, they're going to start winning games and things are going to really start turning around for them. And so that's a big, big deal.
0: No, it is. And kind of getting to that closing lineup thing, I'm kind of going to switch the conversation around a little sure. I'll probably get back on this point is that I like DiVincenzo off the bench. Um, he's a great hustle guy. He's always ready to play. And like a lot of people say, it doesn't really matter who's starting. It's about who's finishing the game. Exactly. But Gentry did mention that DiVincenzo most likely, from what I read, will be moved to the starting lineup. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know we kind of were talking about it the other day, but it definitely seems like he said, he definitely, Gentry said, he was mm-hmm. thinking about moving DiVincenzo to the starting lineup. Right, he almost did it against the Bucks on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, he like noted that he didn't want to like make a big change just based off of one game, but he did make it was he's kind of alluding to the fact that it's like that was kind of the plan to make mm-hmm. DiVincenzo uh, the starting two, and um, so I do think that's gonna happen. Uh, I don't know if you'll see it tonight or if you'll see it um, on Sunday, but I don't, I think it'll come. And um, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Justin holiday. I think if Justin holiday shooting the ball better, I like him in the starting lineup almost a little bit more, I but just, if he, sh- because at the end of the day, like Divincenzo is going to close games probably more often than not. He's going to get more minutes overall. Um, and there's just like, That ability to have somebody off the bench like that is really special for a championship-caliber team. Or, I mean, it's needed for any team that wants to be a championship-caliber team. I really don't want to get ahead of myself here. But um, uh, I do think you'll see DiVincenzo do that because I think one of the things, as we kind of touched upon, is he's kind of got this ability to kind of get people together. And so as you're building those connections and you're building that momentum, especially with guys that are going to be on the team next year, which a good amount of them are um, likely going to be on a team next year, um, that's really good. And I think that could be really beneficial, especially in terms of getting the fans kind of excited. You know, I think the fans really like DiVincenzo. I think they want to see that.
0: And also, even
1: if you just do it for a few games, it could probably benefit Holiday. Holiday's a pro. He's not going to take it is a a a bad thing he's probably been moved out of lineups before in the the past you know Mm -hmm. like his whole basketball career he's going to be fine and it's probably going to benefit him give him a second to you know and maybe this is the answer for them they just everybody on the kings just needs to be given the space to play basketball as stupid as it sounds i think that's honestly the theme for most guys probably the theme for every athlete but just a clear headspace but um you know that's just going to be good, and um, whether it's Holiday or DiVincenzo coming off your bench, that's a that's a worthy asset. So yeah, mm-hmm. in I, terms yeah. of, I, I, I still think, like I said, Holiday. If you're talking about next year, unless there's some other kind of addition, um, maybe for next season, I like DiVincenzo as kind of like a six man of the year candidate.
0: Yeah, exactly what you said. You definitely want Holiday starting because you know Devincenzo is gonna play with that same heart and hustle while he's whether he's coming off the bench or starting, and that's something you can say for a positive uh, or for sure. Holiday, I'm assuming he gives the same heart and hustle, but it's something about DiVincenzo. He's just electric, and he's that spark plug you want coming off the bench to hype up that second unit. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I hope Holiday. You know, start shooting the ball better and coming a little more of a offensive factor. He is a very, he is very underrated. I think so far in Sacramento on the defensive end and what he does, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, we know it's in him. He can shoot the ball well. He's done it his whole career well. Hopefully, he hopefully he can end the season while well doing it, and then come into next year and just get off and get back to normal. We'll see though. Yeah,
1: yeah I don't know how much shooters get affected. Changing teams sort sure, of affects people differently, but um, you know, I don't know. I guess he was sick too. I don't know what that was about,
0: yeah. Yeah, but he missed a game or two.
1: There's a game and a half, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, against the Jazz, huh? But yeah, just a second to you know, take a break it can really benefit that, I think, yeah. and you know. Um, just the fact that other, if other guys are playing well, you know, that's what you got to do. It's just like sitting on Barnes in terms of closing out the game. It's not anything against him. It's just, you got to go with what works. Yeah. And, nothing personal. And I just think the incredible thing though is he's just always got to give props to, um, DiVincenzo. Cause I just, I, I feel like, um, just the way he plays, um, you're going to see him out in the starting or in the closing lineup. Like maybe not, obviously not as uh, much of a sure thing as Fox or Sabonis, but you know, he's going to be up there and uh, just, I think, you know, I know he was hurt and he didn't play in the championship. um, But just being on a championship team, playing like a champion on both ends of the floor for every second of the game, like, that guy's made to play the last few minutes of the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. and like, like, to stop you on that point. I mean, yeah, like, I, he was he got hurt and before the championship, but I mean he was on those Bucks team that you know were going deep every year until that championship team. So he definitely has that. He he has that experience for sure, regardless mm-hmm. if he played in the NBA championship or not. He was on those great teams that made deep runs and. Yeah, I mean, who better to have out on the floor in the closing minutes than that guy, who was well respected by that team. He wasn't the he wasn't the Middleton, he wasn't the Giannis, he wasn't even possibly a Burke Lopez. But you know, he's Dante Divincenzo, and he's going to give it his all. And yeah, I mean, I love I I love watching him close out games, the last couple games, and I, I I definitely see it in the future uh, that he'll be out there more often than not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, you'd mentioned the fact that he he's just getting to watch the Bucks. Well, um, he after the game against the Bucks had nothing but nice things to say about Davion Mitchell, um, and he compared him to his former Bucks teammate Drew Holiday. Um, I have a quote here somewhere.
0: I mean, well, while you find to... that. Um... Yeah, I mean Drew Holiday, that was a comparison just a, he compared
1: him. Feet. Yeah, he compared. I I feel like um, I was gonna say, isn't that a, that was like what everybody said about him after they drafted him.
0: Yeah, a little short guy. Like, cause Holiday's not that big <laughs> either. He's like six. I mean, a yeah, little short guy, six foot taller mm-hmm. than me. But you know, NBA that that's not very tall at all. But right. you know, a scrapper defensively can shoot the three well and. Yeah, I mean, Mitchell definitely looks like a little Drew Holiday right now, but do you find that quote?
1: Yeah, he said, quote, as soon as I got here to Sacramento, that is, that I could just feel Davion's love for the game, his love for the defense, and it reminded me so much of the energy that Drew Holiday played with in Milwaukee. And he was talking about kind of um, how he was able to play through that um, and how that kind of like they fed off each other. And now that Mitchell's here in SAC, like he has another guy to do that with. And um, there's just a little charge between them, you know,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: whatever it is, you know, I don't don't know. Um, It's cool, though, because these guys, uh, first of all, that's high praise. And Mitchell had noted that it makes the game easier when people are like believing in you and giving you such high praise like that. Mm-hmm. so it's just they're feeding off of each other and like i said with divincenzo i think he just does that with all sorts of guys i think he does that in such like a like a personable way like i said he was focused on uh, and after the win against the bulls how the team did it in the huddle and just how they were picking each other up you know mm-hmm. um and i think um another guy that kind of does something similar kind of leads more by example um and through the things he does, uh, is, is Trey Lyles. <laughs> and he might be my favorite player on this team to watch. Um, I think Fox and Sabonis obviously have, you know, their own arguments for that um, and a few other guys. But Lyles, I've, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for old-fashioned players, for, for role players. And, you know, like those guys, those are the ones that always make the best coaches, you know, the ones that understand – the uh, nuances of the game and just doing all the little things. And I Sabonis said he does the, he's he's the team's X factor because he does exactly what you need him to do. When that happens, he's kind of the fourth guy out there um, and he'll just do what he does. And we said it last week. It's like, he doesn't have to shoot 40% from three, but if he can hit that first three of the game or those first two, you know, uh, two out of the first, like three or four, if he can do that, well, all of a sudden you got to keep an eye on him the whole game, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like anytime time he gets the ball, he does the right thing. And Gentry said, if anything, because he's been crazy about the way he's playing, they want to start encouraging him to be a little bit more aggressive trying to get points. And um, I think that would be great. Um, I don't know. I think he he gets so integrated into the offense. You'll see him come out of the first half with like eight, nine, 10, 11 points. And then you'll see him finish with like 12 or 13 points. And you're like, what happened in that second half? He just didn't get the field goal opportunities or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really looked into that. I don't know if you've noticed anything, but um I think maybe if they start drawing up more plays for him and stuff, he doesn't have to necessarily like hit shots all the time. I don't think he's going to, ever try to be that guy because he's all about being a, you know, a multifaceted player that does the right thing, you know, all the time and being a hard worker and that kind of thing. That's kind of his forte. But, you know, all of a sudden, if you start running through different guys of the rotation, if you start being able to do more offensive things through them, well then all of a sudden you start having a mix up, for the defense you start mixing up the looks for the defense that you're playing against. And now that heightens the fact that they have to watch other guys all the time and keeping people on their toes and it'll, it'll keep them being able to play fast because now you're utilizing all five guys on the floor um, offensively and defensively. It's really starting to play as a unit. Um, And I think Lyles is just so perfect to kind of just fill into the cracks you know you can just kind of pour him in there and he'll just seep into the places where it needs to needs a support or insulation whatever you need and i think that that's just been absolutely invaluable and i think that in terms of like the effects on the team uh, they may be done in different ways but DiVincenzo and Lyles both instill that confidence in the team like just as much confidence that i think you see in Vincenzo to come out and just do the right thing to come out and kind of have short-term memory to come out and treat every play. Like it's a good opportunity and never get down on yourself. Lyles is never trying to do too much. He's just going to do what he can do. And like, when you start playing like that, that's contagious too, because it's like you start being able to trust other guys. You start being able to say that I can do that. You're not pressing yourself. You're going to start making better plays. You're going to start, getting as a team, instead of getting the good shots, you're going to get the great shots. And that, I think I don't want to attribute it all to Lyle's, but it's like, man, you watch him play. And it's just like, this guy's great. And just also cherry on top for him. He drew two fouls on the offensive, on the defensive end. Uh, drew two charges, I think against the bucks. And it's like, but this guy, this guy doesn't like, what, this guy's got a great pump fake. <laughs> he draws charges. You know, he's, he, he makes the right play. I I mean, I think he's, he's just like such a joy to have on the team. It's such a joy to watch?
0: Yeah. Lyles has been a much bigger factor than I thought he'd ever be on the Kings. I know he has a club option next season and I'm like, yeah, like we trade for him. Like, yeah, like he's not, he's not getting picked up, but I mean, you you definitely have to pick him up after the way he's been playing. Um, Probably probably not starting next year, but that's for a different discussion. Right. Yeah, he's been fantastic. Uh, kind of going on what you said, like he starts on, he starts the first half really well or plays in really well in the first half with like 10 points and ends with like 12. I noticed that too. I went to that Nuggets game like last week or, yeah, I think it was last week.
1: And yeah, he had like
0: 12 points in the first half and finished with like 15. So you definitely want to see him getting more looks, but he did I, I want to say it was against the bucks might have been against the bulls but it was late in the game again i it, i mean they were both close games towards the end but i believe it was against the bucks and um for you saying you wanted to see him be more aggressive he he took a tough turnaround fadeaway in the paint and he made it it was it was a big shot and i, I yeah i want him seeing i it was it was great it was fun to watch um I want to see him do more like that as well, but he's uh he seems like a guy who always makes the right play, and that's what I really like appreciate about Lyles. He definitely stays in his lane, and I don't, he just died. Like I don't know, you, you said it perfectly. He 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 stays he stays in his role, and to me, he just always makes the right play. He's not mm-hmm. like he's not the most athletic guy. Like you said, he's old school and he, he makes the right pass. He doesn't take the, you know, he does the pump fake. He only takes open threes or he'll take a three. Sometimes like you need a three right there and he'll take it. I don't know, he just seems like he does everything perfectly. And I, that's really high praise. And I'm not saying he's like an all-star, but he's, uh, he's just been fantastic. And I'm, I'm glad that he's really starting to flourish here.
1: Yeah. I think um, Kyle Draper who was broadcasting the game uh, against the Bucks had mentioned uh, he had talked to Trey Lyles, and Lyles had told him uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, his dad always taught him that uh, you know people can be more athletic than you, people can be more talented than you, but people cannot outwork you. Like you can always go out there and make sure that you work harder than anybody else. Like you have that control. And that guy, like you can see that lesson instilled in him in, in the very way he plays. Like you said, he just does the right thing. Doesn't try to do too much stays in his lane. And yeah, I love that. I think that's the best as someone who used to just pride himself. I just think there should be a statistic still for <laughs> setting screens. Yeah. Um. So I think not just doing the right thing, doing the thing that's going to help, especially in, in, like you said, staying in your lane, like, He's yeah, doing he, too much. He's he doing the thing that you he, right. can. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's almost like it, in, in how simplistic it is, like of, uh, of how simplistic of uh, impact he makes on the team. It's still like a big impact. It leaves you with like little words to describe it. But still, it's like you just, you, you, you can't understate it enough. Like, it's it's a big deal. And Gentry has been really outspoken about it. And, yeah, he was the one that was, wants to be, a, be more aggressive. I don't want to kill the juju. I don't want him to, like, get, you know, the, you know, get too aggressive. But, yeah, I would like to see maybe plays go through him a little bit more, get the offense a little bit more diverse that way. Because um, I think that, that that starting lineup, whether it's Holiday or DiVincenzo out there, I mean, like, you have five good players. You have yeah. five NBA players out there, and that's that's like you you don't get to say that without Lyles.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. If it was Mo Harkless, you're not saying it. But Lyles, he, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he he's definitely showed that he's their proven starter for the time being. Um, like I said, next season's a, a different conversation, possibly. But uh, he, yeah, it, it's weird. I, I can't really describe it well. I mean. He just he just does he just stays in his lane, like it's like it's like if it's a thin line he's just walking it like perfectly. No mm-hmm. no steps. He he doesn't take any bad shots. He doesn't force anything. That's what I really like about him. And even in that play when I was talking about that shot he took that tough fadeaway turnaround late in the game and like a very crucial moment. I'm like oh man, I don't, like, ugh, like that's not the shot I want to see. But he made it, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot like take it again man if if that's what you can do like do it like uh, ah ah it's i don't know why i'm having such a such a hard time like wrapping my head around what to say about him but he just does the little things and i just have little to say about
1: it there's like a mystical quality to him like he knows before he shoots if he's gonna make it or not yeah so it's like you can tell like the first three he made last night like he put his hand up he's like right here and (laughs) he just nailed it and it was like an extra pass too. So it was just beautiful passing overall. And just like, again, it's like that a lot, like you'll want to make the extra pass. No one's like, oh, it's going to Trey. Like he's going to, he's going to nail this. He's wide open. You know, it's not another guy. You know, I don't want to say Harkless's name. I feel like I get him my hard enough time uh, when I'm watching the game. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just fun. And, you know. To not risk, you know, getting a little too long-winded about, uh, you know, Lyle's. Getting long-winded <laughs> about Lyle's. Uh, you know, like, what more can you say? It's got to be like that. I think the, the turnover that they got for um, the, that trade package in particular.
0: No. Yeah, with Bagley. I mean, all they sent away was the guy that they wanted to trade for anything. You get mm-hmm. Divincenzo, you get Lyles, and, yeah. and just or Josh Jackson. He hasn't done much, but I mean, shoot, Lyles and Divincenzo right there, and seems like they're going to be on the team at least another year. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good deal. Hell yeah, that's really great. I love it. I do too. It's it's definitely encouraging to see. We have a lot of optim, optimistic things to say about the Kings, considering that uh, they suck for the last
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i know it's weird because you really have to check yourself because it's like we were talking about like before the season and it's like i mean i feel like uh, there's so many times in the last couple of years where you do look at the king's roster and you're like hey they can really make a play they could do it you know you're always like basing it off of like hey look at the growth of fox the year before you know Mm -hmm. Um, there were particular times that that feeling was stronger than others, but it's like, this is like, not anything like that. This is like, these are hard results that we're looking at. Like this is much of the, like much of the rotation right now could very well be much of the rotation next season. I don't see really why it wouldn't be. Mm. I think there's going to be a few more pieces in there that you got to, if you want to be really, uh, secure in being a playoff team. Uh, but like this is legitimate stuff. Like this is real stuff, people. You know, <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> Which could be that could be the um that could be the name of this episode. It's real stuff, people. Real, I,
0: I like that. Yeah, <laughs> Not Not stuff. S- you have legit starters in Fox, Barnes, uh, Sabonis, obviously, and then between Holiday and Di- DiVincenzo. But then off the bench, you have sure like great six men in either, or Davion Mitchell, of course, um, and Devin Chinzo slash Justin Holiday. I mean, These are two solid guys, and even if Lyles comes off the bench next year, mm-hmm. that'd be incredible as well, and you still have Holmes. Holmes hasn't looked like the same player. He really hasn't looked like the same player for like even before the Sabonis trade. He was, he was kind of, he had some eye surgery, and uh, I know there's a death in his family, and I think that took a harder toll on him than we think, but I mean, we still have him, and he's shown, you know, we signed him to a four-year deal before the start of the season for a reason. And, I mean, we still have him. I think he might get traded, but still, if you keep him, that's a that's not a bad bench. And some quality starters, you get one more, like, that power forward position. As much as we were talking about Lyles right now, too. If you can get a legit power forward mm-hmm. plug-in as a starter, I, I think this team... Maybe not go a long way, but I think that playoff drought is definitely ended.
1: Yeah, I mean, as much as you love Lyles, you don't pass up the opportunity to get a real upgrade at at power forward. Yeah, um, you just don't, and you know, it, in terms of like this team being able to like uh. Being able to go off of what they got here. I mean, like, I I don't know. Like, I feel like that this team, like, is legitimately as they are now. I think they're like, they're underachieving defensively right now, like, in results because they're still such a new unit. But it's like, I really think that this team is going to be really good defensively. Not like maybe top 10 defense, but it's like top half of the league. I think they could be a top half of the league defense next season. And that's going to be, that's going to be huge, you know, because it mm-hmm. comes down to making those stops. And, man, you know, because you'd said six man and Mitchell in the same sentence, and I'm like, yeah, that's another one. Because, you know, I'm thinking Dave Vincenzo, and it's like, Mitchell could be, you know, if he, you don't know what kind of, you know, that second season, you could see him really skyrocket to some some crazy places. Um, and and that would be really something special to watch. Yeah, but of course. Yeah, I mean, no, you just always want to make upgrades. Yeah,
0: Mitchell. You know? Like I, I'm just thinking about Mitchell. I mean, he's he's been awesome. I, he's not a top-rated rookie, but he also isn't a starter. And when he was starting, he was putting up pretty good numbers, if you remember. Because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the top rookies, you know, they're they're starting. They're you know they, they go to bad teams and you plug him into the starters and so of course their stats get inflated compared to Mitchell's who's been basically coming off the bench all year but he's been a pretty solid six man yeah he's streaky at moments and you know that's what you get for being a rookie but yeah I mean two or three years I I think and if Mitchell is still coming off the bench who knows maybe you plug him in at the, the shooting guard eventually and just have him guard the best uh The best guard, you guard the best guard, right? Kind of like playing Steph, but yeah. And uh, yeah, it's very encouraging. And getting back on defense, Dave Vincenzo and Mitchell, I mean, the Kings have been so bad in defense forever. They had like the second worst defensive rating of all time last year. And then you bring in a guy like Mitchell and you trade for a guy like Dave Vincenzo who are known for their defense, like Against the Bucks, it was exciting to watch those two. They were great, and it's something you don't, you haven't seen in Sacramento in a while. And these guys, you know, they, they make their money playing defense, and it, it's definitely great to have two guys like that on the team.
1: Absolutely. I wanted to say something about Holmes. You know, when DiVincenzo first got here, and they were just kind of throwing the guys out there to get acquainted um, in the game because they didn't have any practices, Um, I noticed that there were a few times that DiVincenzo tried to give like lobs to Holmes. And it seemed like there was a deliberate effort to try to build a rapport there. And Holmes has had a rough couple of, you know, like he just hasn't looked like himself, like you said, but he, uh, against the Bucs, I think he played some first half minutes out there with Mitchell and DiVincenzo and he was picking up on their energy. And I think if you could start getting him out there uh, with them, that could be huge. And another thing is, I think against, it might have been against the Mavericks or the Jazz. I don't know. It uh, One of the games where Sabonis was out. I think he was out both those games, actually. Um, but it was one of those games where Holmes and Jones played a lot together. And um, I don't know how much you want to do that kind of like, I think it's a high-low, where you have like one big man kind of high in the key and then one low, you know. Holmes up top and then uh, Jones down low. Uh, I don't know how much you want to do that as a successful um, uh, plan in the NBA, but when you, you know, Sabonis is out and you're kind of looking for answers in the inside, it's not a bad option, but um, just the fact I think that Holmes was getting meaningful minutes in that situation. And you kind of saw him, I saw him pick up a little bit better. I think he hit a few field goals maybe in that game that I'm talking about, but he definitely looked better energized um, against the bucks. And, you know, I, I know, I feel like the consensus for the most part is that Holmes will probably get traded. Um, Like you noted after the trade happened, it's like they just paid him to be the starting center in this team. And now they're just all of a sudden just going to bring him off the bench. You know, maybe that's not his fit. Maybe that's not something he wants to do, you know, Uh, I could very well see him get traded. Um, But, you know, if ever you were put in a position where he is coming off your bench, it's not a terrible option. And um, a guy that I do want to give credit to before I forget. um, And I don't know if he'll be, I think, I don't know, is he signed through next year, Chemezi Metu? I think he is. Um, So I don't think, I don't know if he necessarily is a plug into the rotation, but. I mean his athleticism, uh, his ability in the last few games to hit shots, um, and kind of do some things on defense too. He had a few steals against the Bulls, I think, or it was against the, was it against the Jazz? I'm getting all these games mixed up. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but uh, yeah, it was the game against the Bulls. Metu had he had three steals in that game. He had ten points, you know, three rebounds and assist on nineteen minutes. He was energetic. You know, like I said, I, I if you're going to be a playoff team, you probably don't necessarily want him to be in your rotation. I mean, prove the team wrong, Metu, by all means. But, like, you, you're going to have some promise at the end of your bench, you know, if he's there. I don't know. I think he's been playing well lately, I guess, is all I need to say about him.
0: Yeah, and yeah, is definitely going to be one of those guys that's going to be plugged in here and there. But, I mean, he does bring that energy through his athleticism, and he can kind of hit the three. Um, he has shown that he is inconsistent as well. Um, but, I mean, he has it in his bag to do it. But, I mean, the uh, mo- I think a key thing that Matthew does is he dunks the ball a lot. And I, I love that off the bench, and it really gets, especially at home, you know, alley-oops get the crowd into it. A, a dunk gets gets the team into it and. And he's actually not too bad in the post either. He kind of surprised mm-hmm. me with some of his moves. But kind of staying on the bench and, uh, and going back to Holmes, you said, you know, we were talking about DiVincenzo and Mitchell. And it's kind of sad because Holmes has kind of been seen as like an afterthought now since we got some bonus. But man, like Holmes was the heart and soul of this team for a minute. And you pair that with DiVincenzo and Mitchell off the bench, like two other pure hustler, hustlers and put it with Holmes. Oh man, that kind of gets me excited. It makes me It makes me, me want to hope that he can embrace a bench role a little more. I still don't see it likely, but geez, a, a bench. Imagine Holmes, DiVincenzo, and Mitchell coming off the bench next year. That's like the that's like the hardest working second unit. Maybe not the best, but definitely the people that that are going to give their all on every play. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he can. If you'll see that uh, trio out on the floor together against the celtics tonight i would imagine you would because like i said when they were out there i think it was only for a few minutes but they were like it felt like every time the kings were running up and down the floor you had like at the front of it you had those three together like they were just charging every time and it's just like you love to see it especially in those middle points of the game um you know that part in the you know second quarter where you got your starters resting some of your starters resting or that part of the uh, the late in the third quarter before the fourth quarter where you got mm-hmm. some starters resting that is such a just what you're talking about that thing that's getting you kind of um, um, happy about thinking that is a possibility of the bench and in these last 11 games you really get to see if that's a thing and who knows like maybe That just kind of becomes a thing that just kind of grows and fits. Um, I'm not big on uh, contracts. I'm not really an expert on things. Um, But I don't know if there's any kind of restructuring like in the NFL that they do in the NBA. Um, I don't know. Uh, Maybe they could work something out, but maybe not. I don't know. Then you still want to see him play well, boost his value in the last 11 games. But, but yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting to see because – I think you'll definitely see that lineup out there in these last few games. And man, it was, it was a wake up call because those core those points in the game, it's like the middle innings of a baseball game, the bathroom innings. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, sometimes you can kind of like, you know, kind of check the phone, you know, pop another cap on the beer or whatever. Um, (laughs) but those guys all of a sudden are drawing you into the seats, um, and out of the seats, you know, um, so that, that that's going to be fun. And I think that that's good because that's just one of the things that I've been so interested in seeing, just like how's Holmes going to do? And then just like him not being able to play a few games here and just kind of being out of whack and not being able to find any consistency, you know, in the last month or so um, has been tough, but I'm telling you, uh, look for it in the game against the Celtics. I think, you might see that. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't happen. And then I look back at this. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell was I talking about? But I don't know. Holmes, man. He's still very valuable. It's yeah. weird. This team is still pretty good. And they think of themselves as such. That's why they were so frustrated, I think, the last couple of games Um, with things. Just they know they can be better. They know they're talented.
0: Hey nothing but great things to say you know the i think will be known as the most optimistic kings podcast out there just nothing but good stuff but uh yeah we do play the celtics tonight and last time we played them, we did lose by like 50 so (laughs) not to rain on anyone's parade but it'll be a tough one tonight uh very fitting the day after st patty's day we play the irish team so that's kind of funny but um
1: well they're from boston but yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah the, the boston team so yeah i uh, know we're, we're getting to a little past an hour do you have more to add
1: um i think that's pretty much it you know just this you know DiVincenzo said it the last three times that he's got an interview um recorded uh he just wants to form good habits for this team and have this team form those good habits as well, and I think you're beginning to see that.
0: Yeah, I definitely, they're definitely headed in the right direction with that. So, only, only good stuff to come, really. I, I, I truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Celtics tonight. Uh, it'll be a fun one. But until next time, this is Tony and John bringing you Kings Talk by Cap City Crown. Have a good one.